Greetings, dear listeners. Thomas Gloom here. As I mentioned in my interview with Haley Newland, this bonus episode number two is a sneak peek at her upcoming audiobook release of Take Your Turn, Teddy, narrated by yours truly. Before I ever got into the story of this novel, Haley's author note captured my attention and reached directly to my heart. With her genuine honesty, rawness, and openness concerning her own mental health journey, I figured this would be the perfect thing to share with you now. So settle back and open your ears and mind. And please, remember to leave a light on. Note from the author. Villainy wears many masks, and none so dangerous as the mask of virtue. Washington Irving Dear readers, I have grown since we last spoke. I have learned even more about the offerings of the quaint genre of horror, for readers and creators. But more than anything, I have learned a lot about myself. It has been a difficult year for me, one where the inner demons I had let come to the surface when writing Not Another Sarah Halls couldn't be silenced. And the more I tried to press a pillow over their faces, the more powerful they grew. With every attempt to beat them, I sank lower, feeling six feet under, despite the hammered beating of my anxious heart. In writing Not Another Sarah Halls, I tried with everything I had to make myself vulnerable to you, readers, in honor of what I was asking you to do, allow horror to prompt self-reflection. Allow the genre to take you deep into your inner consciousness. Open the lockboxes you have created for the stowaway demons of your mind and ask, why do you make me vulnerable? How do I beat you? With that, I uncovered a wave of darkness I didn't know how to face. The anxious ticks, the panic attacks, the feeling of being physically present but emotionally absent, within and without, as my favorite author F. Scott Fitzgerald would say, became a part of my everyday life. And this wasn't the first time. I've struggled with anxiety and depression my entire life, but especially the past year. I overthought everything. I misread body language or misdirected anger and plugged it into my worsening mental health condition. I was giving up control to the sinister orchestrator within my mind, and I let that shadow run amok, even allowing it to tell me that the shortness of breath, the sleepless nights, the bursts of anger, and the darkness were normalcy in my life. As I've studied the craft of storytelling, I've heard professors, established authors, and publishing professionals say time and again, write what you know. So it was no surprise that when I began building my protagonist and not another Sarah Halls, who I named Autumn as a reminder of the change that's always waiting around the corner, she also struggled with depression and anxiety. When readers thank me for the inclusion of sensitive topics in Not Another Sarah Halls, one scene comes up nearly every time. Autumn's near suicide attempt. For readers who are here for the first time, this isn't a major spoiler, but it is a critical element of Autumn's character arc. 
Autumn has scars across each of her arms, reminiscent of a release when she needed to feel something aside from the internal pain that plagued her peace of mind. But one scar stands out more than the others. It was the only pink singe of a blade that lay vertically on Autumn's wrist, and that scar, by far, stretched the farthest. It ate the most skin. Autumn says the scar sits permanently puffed above my pale skin, a bulging reminder of how close I had come that day to ending it all. The day Autumn made that nearly fatal cut, she had a moment when the sight of the physical wound made her realize she was choosing death. She realized she didn't want to die, only to find an end to her pain. Though it felt nearly impossible as someone who has sunk that low before, I knew I had to pull Autumn out of that scene. She was the only one who cared about the string of cold cases in Oak Haven. She was the only chance of breaking the curse in the town. Autumn had to be there for the rest of the story. Writing that scene and pulling Autumn from it served as an out-of-body experience for me. To make an impact, to offer hope to others who struggle with mental health, I had to pull myself out of my own preconceived idea that the demons of my mind would cloud my life with their darkness and discouraging taunts forever. I had to believe something within me could outshine the shadow. So, like Autumn, after the scene with the deepest bite of the blade, I got help and I white-knuckled that sense of control I thought was long gone. For the first time in my life, I confided in a doctor and was diagnosed with chronic depression, generalized anxiety disorder, and bipolar disorder. After speaking with me, my doctor also speculated that I had traces of an eating disorder in high school, a torment that still visits me from time to time. The more I talked about it, the better I felt. It was like in Not Another Sarah Halls. I had uncovered a new formula of life. Triggers plus unresolved trauma plus the belief of having no control equals monstrous manifestations. These mind-made conjurings were far worse than anything I had ever written or read within a horror story. Autumn's story was about regaining control of both her life and her town. You got to see what it was like for her to put herself before the shadows within. Not Another Sarah Halls was meant to show the impact of confronting our inner demons in order to battle manifestations in the outside world. When Autumn let the voices of the lady with the broken bones consume her, she was distancing herself from uncovering the truth of the disappearances in Oak Haven. While Not Another Sarah Halls was meant to be a story of guidance, Take Your Turn Teddy is more of a cautionary tale. Psychologist Carl Jung theorized that four core archetypes make up the human consciousness. These are realized through a unique experience, such as a traumatic incident like that of the night Teddy and his mother pack everything they can fit into her station wagon and drive 15 hours away from his father and the life he had always known. One of the four archetypes, the shadow, 
exists in the darker side of the psyche, representing wildness, chaos, and the unknown, each of which takes their turn with Teddy through the physical manifestation of the shadow. In his book, Archetypes and the Collective Unconscious, Jung said of his archetype, The shadow is a living part of the personality and therefore wants to live with it in some form. It cannot be argued out of existence or rationalized into harmlessness. While we can't completely shut the shadow out, sometimes allowing it to spill over in bursts of anger or jealousy, we do have control over how much of the shadow comes to light. Repressed ideas of hate and aggression bring the shadow archetype to the forefront. The cunning shadow manifestation in this story tells Teddy that some people ignore their shadows and let them starve. To keep what he believes to be his only friend in the Indiana township, Teddy gives his control to the latent dispositions of the shadow until its chaos consumes all of what makes him who he is. As his relationship progresses with the shadow, so do Teddy's acts of greed, envy, hate, and aggression. The violence and betrayals allow the shadow to gain more control over Teddy until it dominates his mind and demolishes the retaining wall, releasing a wave of blood in the name of loyalty. Truly, a mask of desperation. As I did in my first novel, I urge you, readers, to bask in what I believe to be horror's highest quality. The way it asks you to consider what the situation of the story would look like for you. How would you be vulnerable to the manifestation presented? In Take Your Turn, Teddy, my intentions are not to give a negative perception of those who struggle with mental health. Instead, I seek to personify depression and the darkness of our minds. I want to show that each mental trial is an exercise in control, either giving it up or fighting to reclaim it. People who suffer from depression, anxiety, PTSD, or any other mental health illnesses believe that when you're in a dark place, the darkness has won. But that's not true. The ultimate control comes from us, a lesson Teddy will have to learn in hopes of regaining his true inner self. The hungry shadows in our minds want us to believe that our control is long lost, but it's not. As Shirley Jackson says of fear, we yield to it or we fight it, but we cannot meet it halfway. I learned so much from Autumn's character. I lived through her decision to get help for her suicidal thoughts and anxious tendencies, and that changed my life. But my battle is long from over. In fact, the better I get, the more I come to understand that my depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder will always be with me. The shadow lives in all of us, but I am far more equipped to fight it than I ever have been. And now, thanks to all my readers who have shared their stories with me, I know I'm not alone in the continuous fight for control in my life.
I leave you with comforting words from the master of horror himself, Stephen King. Things get better, and if you give them a chance, they usually do. Thanks for going on this journey with me, my spooky friends. I believe in you all more than you'll ever know. Thank you for believing in me. Yours, horrifically, Haley Newland. This author note was published in Haley Newland's Take Your Turn, Teddy, by New Degree Press. Copyright 2020. It was used here with the permission of the author and publisher.